Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. It's all the way to the basket. He can get some contact. Here's Beal seeing a lot of active hands, and he goes off glass, and he gets it to go. Bradley Beal with his 19th point, and he is pumped. His eye is on the prize right here. I don't know what type of move that was. Pressure coming. McCoy rush floats it out to Connor. Blockers in front. First down and more. Connor turning on the speed. Looking over his shoulder. Nobody's going to catch him. It's a touchdown. 45 yards for James Connor. Third time today that he's found the end zone and the Cardinals stretch the lead. Corbin Carroll kissed that goodbye. Wow. Diamondbacks dial up long distance on Shane Bieber. They've hit three home runs for Corbin. That's his 15th, and it's 5-2. to two. Dame challenged by Murray above the break. Survey sees two, takes the three. Got it! Damian Lillard knocks down the triple with eight and eight, ten seconds remaining. De La Cruz settles back in. Martinez back to the plate. Friedel at second, the pitch. Ripped into right field. That's a base hit. Friedel around third. He will score. On to third is Fairchild. And the Reds have now taken an 8-6 lead here in the 10th. And still only one out. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, June 19th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, is Bradley Beal a good fit? The Cardinals, are you okay with them starting from scratch in 2023? The Diamondbacks, what would be a good record on this week's unusual road trip? The Heat, would uh, Damian Lillard get them one step further? Remember, they've been to the finals two of the last four years and lost. Meanwhile, the Reds, are they the best in the NL Central? And what caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, a Cardinals offseason review and analysis. Howard Bolzer from PH, uh, phnx.com scheduled to join us. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060 and also the local roundup. That include uh, some Diamondbacks and, Gar- and Guardians weekend analysis. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup. That will be topped by the uh, from the MLB scoreboard. Then, uh, the, after the Sports Zone, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time. And also, Sean Devaney from Heavy.com will join us. And among other things, we'll talk about what appears to be uh, the Suns acquiring Bradley Beal from the Wizards. Right now, though, on to the pipeline we go.
time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, is Bradley Beal a good fit with Kevin Durant in Devin Booker? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Early returns, yes, 100% of the vote. Apparently the Suns, with the new defensive first head coach Frank Vogel, will just try to outscore their opponents. Uh, and they have... Uh, Yet another questionable, you know, low salary bench, at least at this point. By the way, the Wizards are expected to either trade or cut Chris Paul, uh, who is reportedly uh, part of the deal that uh, we'll see. Uh, it's going to take a few days, apparently, to complete. There's all kinds of logistics involved. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, are you okay with the new Cardinals brass stripping down the roster and starting 2023 from scratch? And Kayla, what do we have here? Yes, 87.5% of the vote, no trailing at 12.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Hopefully those people remember that when we uh, you know, get to a, a sluggish start to the season and likely a bad season. For instance, the Cardinals' season win total seemed to open almost everywhere at casinos around the planet at five and a half wins. But some worldwide casinos have dropped that number to four and a half. What about the 2023 Cardinals are you looking forward to? Meanwhile, on the local front, still on the local front, continuing on the local front, the Diamondbacks won two out of three over the weekend. Unfortunately, the Sunday finale included a second consecutive awful performance from Zach Davies, who had the uh, Father's Day crowd, uh, that resulted in the Father's Day crowd voicing their displeasure. Let's put it that way. So how many wins this week? Uh, would be satisfactory for the Diamondbacks on their bizarre road trip. They play Monday through Friday as scheduled at Milwaukee. Then they have a one-day excursion at Washington for a Thursday day game. Remember, that's the game that got smoked out before. And then we have the weekend series at suddenly second place, San Francisco. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Heat. A lost out on Bradley Beal. Miami is now targeting Damian Lillard, according to most reports. Uh, most believe that Damian Lillard actually does one out of Portland. So, will uh, would Damian Lillard, would he uh, get the heat over the hump? Remember the last uh, you know, two of the last four years, they have lost in the finals and quite frankly not had much of a chance to win in the finals once they got there. The Reds may never lose again. They have won eight straight after a weekend sweep of the Astros, who badly miss Jordan Alvarez at the plate, and their inexperienced starting rotation has imploded here in recent days and starts. Should the Reds be favored to win the mediocre at best NL Central? In addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this.
Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by a Cardinals offseason review and uh, to some extent a look ahead to training camp, which starts uh, in less than two months into July, last week of July, which has been the case for some time now. Uh, we'll get the latest from Howard Balzer from phnx.com. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. And also, we'll get to some local roundup at the bottom of the hour, top by the Diamond, Diamondbacks Guardians Weekend Series. You're listening to Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Kesslux HD2 100.7. downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude, Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Cardinals' official offseason ended last week, the end of minicamp. And uh, what have we learned during the early stages of uh, the Monty Ossenfort and Jonathan uh, Gannon era? And uh, we're trying to track down uh, our friend Howard Balzer, who covers the Cardinals for phnx.com. And uh, in the meantime, uh, hopefully we can catch him quickly here soon. But uh, I'll just kind of go through the projected depth chart from our friends at ourlads.com. And uh, if you, uh, I don't think I've said that this, uh, this, the next sentence, I'm going you know, Oh, so if you, uh, you know, ourlads.com, they have an unbelievable depth chart. So on to the phone lines we go because uh, Howard Balzer joins us now. And Howard, good to have you on the show. And uh, as always, and, and let's start with the topic that I get asked the most. Do you know when Kyler Murray might play in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could come up with a lot of dates that he might play. But in yeah. terms of when he will, certainly that's. That's a big question. And, and, you know, one of the things about it, I mean, if we look at the timeline that these norm, that these things normally take, then, you know, we're looking at sometime in September, possibly October. You know, it could be after four games, you know. But, but here, here's, the, here's the one overriding issue, Bobby, that is a big part of this, is that whenever he gets out on the field to play for the first time, means he will have also had to have a certain amount of practice and running the new offense and getting comfortable doing what he's doing, the things he's going to do. And granted practice is never truly like a game, but it, it, it obviously is important. And so the question becomes with his injury is when will the Cardinals put him on the field to practice? And is there the possibility there's this thing in the NFL called the physically unable to perform list, which many mm -hmm. players go on at the beginning of training camp when they have an injury from the past year, previous year, and can't pass a physical. Well, when you're on that list, you're still 
on the active roster at the beginning of camp, but you're not allowed to practice. You can come off that list at any time. Once you get to the cut down to 53, then the team has to make a decision. Are, do you come off it or do you go on it? And then you can't play or practice for four weeks after that. So I'm going to be very intrigued by what the, how the Cardinals handle that. Will they decide not to put him on that list at the beginning of camp just so he can do some things if he's capable of during training camp? Or will they then, if he's on it, will they then decide to not keep him on it at the start of the season so he would be available to practice? But you know the question there is that how do you get realistic practice if you're not going to play in games at the beginning of the season? You're not going to get a whole lot of practice because you've got to get the number one quarterback ready at that point who's going to be playing in games. So that's what complicates, to a degree, this entire situation in terms of trying to figure out when he might be able to actually go on the field and play in the game. Yeah, Murray has been rehabbing to some extent, to a large extent, in Arizona at the Cardinals facility. Considering his history of uh, spending, spending much of his previous off-seasons in Texas and the stuff last season about his you know, commitment to football, are you surprised he's been here with this high level of, uh, high level of frequency? I'm, I'm not that surprised that he's been here. I'm sure the organization obviously – communicated very strongly how they wanted him here. But the other part of it is, and of course he was there, you know, during OTAs and minicamp, not doing anything, but at least, you know, a lot of time being out in the field and observing and watching and being with the quarterbacks and all that. But there's also Bobby, a million reasons why he was at the off season program and, you know, rehabbing also, but being at the, at the off season program earned him a $1 million roster bonus. Yeah. And or not, a, not a, 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 whatever you want to call it, performance bonus, you know, off season bonus, whatever it is, is a million bucks. And it was always interesting to me that in the whole Kyler Murray discussion last year, when he signed the new contract and then had all the all, all the controversy over the homework clause and all that, but overlooked in it was the fact that the Cardinals put in that deal in the new six years in the contract over nine million dollars of incentive clauses to attend the off-season program, which I thought was in some ways, you know, you know, also, I don't know, I don't want to say an indictment, but, but, but also, you know, a message to him that, Hey, you need to be at this off-season program, but they had to put a financial incentive in there uh, to do that. And so that, so no, I was not surprised that he was there. The question will be now in these remaining five, six weeks until training camp, will he continue to rehab here in, here in Arizona under the eyes of the doctors here? Hopefully he will, but you know we'll see how that goes. Colt McCoy, he had some injury issues at the end of the last season himself. Is he automatically running with the ones at, uh, when training camp starts at the end of the next month? I'm sorry, who did you ask about? Colt McCoy. Yeah, I would say he's definitely, I mean, he's been with the ones all through the OTA, all the OTAs that we were able to see, which was about four of the ten. And then in the two minicamp practices last week, he was with the ones the entire time. So I would think absolutely he's the number one. Does that mean that nobody can overtake him? I guess you can never say never, but it would surprise me if one of the other guys on the roster you know, shows that, they're more capable than Colt McCoy uh, to be the starter. I know there's a lot of 
a lot of chatter about the rookie Clayton Tune, and hey, you know, if he, you know, why not put him out there? He's a young guy, give him some experience. Well, you know, who's to say that he's going to be in command of the offense enough to, to you know, to, to at least play solid, consistent, competitive football? So I would say it's McCoy, and I'd be very surprised if it's anyone other than him to open the season. But once again, you better have whoever it's going to be, whether it's Tune or David Blau or Jeff Driscoll, whoever it is. They they better be ready because we know that when Colt McCoy has been, you know, the quarterback over the last couple of years, he's had some injuries of his own. And so, you know, that's something obviously you have to be prepared for. Speaking of the offense, you know, new head coach, new GM, do we have a good idea or any idea what the offensive scheme is and what the priorities are with that offense? Well, there's been a lot of talk, talk Bobby, about concentrating and focus on the running game. And that that is going to be, you know, everyone we've talked to during this offseason has, has mentioned that, whether it's James Conner, whether it's Will Hernandez, whoever it might be, that there seems to be a much more, much more of an emphasis on the running game. We've seen, you know, more snaps with the quarterback under center in the practices that they've had than certainly, you know, we've seen in the past. So that's all well and good to, be, to want to be able to establish the run but as we all know, you better be able to pass the football if you're going to be able to run successfully and get any production out of it. So to me, that's the biggest question with this offense right now is, is, is throwing the football with a very small receiving core, at least in the top three guys returning. Uh, Michael Wilson has done some nice things in the preseason, uh, as has Zach Paschal. They've got a little more height on them, which is a good thing at the C. Uh, you also have Trey McBride at tight end. We're, we're not sure about Zach Ertz. When is, when is he going to be ready after his ACL uh, last year? But he's been running around looking pretty good uh, on the side in the practices that, that the Cardinals have had. So I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting to watch this offense and to see if the offensive line can play at a high level, figuring out who's going to be the center, who's going to be the left guard. Paris, Paris Johnson worked almost exclusively in the offseason at right tackle with Kelvin Beecham not being there for the first couple of weeks of OTAs. And then even when Beecham was there, uh, Johnson was with the first unit. So does he stay there at right tackle with Beecham being a swing guy? What about Josh Jones at tackle? Might they put Johnson at left guard? Who knows? You know, who knows what it's going to look like when they get to week one? But I think those are the big questions with this team in terms of running or passing is having some consistency and stability on that offensive line. Howard Balzer, who covers the Cardinals for PHNX.com, currently in the sports zone. Okay, Jonathan Gannon is a defensive dude. He doesn't quite have the talent that he had in Philadelphia. What might be um, the scheme? I assume it's somewhat similar scheme-wise as what they were trying to do in Philadelphia. You know, it's interesting, Bobby, because what we saw a lot of is more 3-4 looks. There was some 4-3. It was kind of mixed, but there were some 3-4 looks, which you know would seemingly be you know looking at the guys they have as pass rushers that were 3-4 guys, you know, coming back. Whether it's Dennis Gardeck, whether it's you know Myjai Sanders, you know Cameron Thomas, uh, you know Victor Dimukaje, and then of course they drafted B.J. Ojolari, and so it's gonna, that's another intriguing thing that until they're really playing games. Are we going to really be able to figure out what they're doing? But I know this, when, when Jonathan Gannon was asked about it and he didn't want to be pinned down on, quote, what the scheme is, 
But when one time I was asked, well, is it 4-3? Is it 3-4? Is it a mix? And he said, all of the above. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, Smart guy. Know, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching in there. I, there's some questions certainly on the defensive line and stopping the run of what, how effective they can be at doing that. They certainly don't have a Fletcher Cox or a Javon Hargrave on the line, which the you know guys that the Eagles had uh, last year. So, yeah, the, the talent overall on this defense is not what Philadelphia had. Uh, but, you know, they, they did sign a whole bunch of hungry guys on one- and two-year contracts that are coming in trying to compete uh, for jobs. And I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, you know, you got Kaiser White from the Eagles. He's going to be a factor on the inside. Uh, Chris Boyd, uh, Woods, and the guy they signed from, um, uh, from, the, from the Lions, Josh Woods, is, you know, is a guy who's got a lot of reps. You know, with the top units during during the preseason, so it'll be very interesting to see how productive that defense can be with not a lot of real top line talent that we see right now. All right, the uh, off season is often experimentation time for really pretty much a lot of teams, if not every team. Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins lined up in different spots the last few weeks. Um, where might they be positioned once they put the pads on? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's interesting because he said, hey, I'm a defensive back. And where we saw him most of the time was as a safety. He did come up, you know, into the box in some, some situations. So I don't know, quite honestly, Bobby, if it's going to be that much different than it was in the past where, or even last season where most of his snaps came as a defensive back. You know, I don't, maybe there won't be as many as, quote, a linebacker as there were previously. But I do think they want to take care, take you know, you know, use his athletic ability to hopefully make plays, whether it's as a DB, maybe blitzing him a little bit more, you know, doing, doing, doing different things uh, with him. But, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, getting accustomed to the scheme. He feels confident uh, with it. You know, same with David Collins, who has used a lot on the outside as a pass rusher. I don't know if that means he'll be there exclusively or is it, you know, perhaps sometimes more in run in rundown running game situations than in the pass rush. So I think we're going to see players used in a variety of ways, which will probably make it hard for all of us to say, okay, this is the scheme. Here's what they're doing. Uh, because I think, and certainly that's the way a lot of teams uh, do it. Hey, they did it. They did it a lot under Vance Joseph, you know, moving guys around and, uh, depending on down and distance, and that's that's really where where you figure out what they're doing. But you know you're doing you're doing things differently on some of those different downs, and I think that's what we're going to see for the most part from this defense. The second most question regarding the Cardinals in the off season I've had is about Buda Baker. What's your take on the off season drama with him, and is there a chance he will not be with the Cardinals at some point in 2023? I guess there's always a chance, and you never want to say never, never say never and dismiss things. I think that's a mistake that all of us make it sometimes thinking, oh, oh, we know how this is going to play out. But I, I don't think that will happen. I really believe and have confidence that they're going to figure out his contract uh, by the time training camp starts and get it done and out of the way. It doesn't mean he'll be the highest paid safety in the NFL. But right now, he's not 
significantly far from it. And you can, you know, structure a deal that gives them more guaranteed money, adds a couple years onto the contract, and you know, ha- you know, has him happy, and maybe puts him at number two or number three in terms of safeties in the NFL. But you know, his, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why isn't it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? Well, you know, contracts you don't just snap your finger and do them, especially when you have an agent. His agent represents some of the other top safeties in the league, including Jamal Adams who right now is the number one paid guy. And so I'm sure he came in saying, hey, we want to make more than Jamal Adams. And I don't think the Cardinals were of a mind to do that. But I, I do think there'll be a meeting of the minds by training camp. And I think one, one of the things that hasn't been talked about a lot, Bobby, is we all who watched Hard Knocks remember last year when there was that episode with his sister uh, in his home. Yes. I'm fairly yep. certain his sister lives with him. And they were all discussing mm-hmm. a lot of different things, but also what college she was going to go to. And mm-hmm. it turned out she chose Arizona State. And so something tells me that that is also in Buda Baker's mind in terms of where he's going to end up playing, that he wants to be here and be here for his sister. That doesn't mean that would preclude him going anywhere if things really got ugly, but I really think they're going to settle this. And I think it's a guy that management and, 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 and the coaches realize how important he is to this team right now and the culture they're trying to build and how important it is to have him as a player, as a leader on a team that obviously is going through a lot of change this year. And to have a guy like that as a, you know, as, as a picture, let's say, or, hey, here's what, here, all you guys, we, we take care of our players when they do what they're supposed to do. And I think that's an important message that the organization realizes needs to be sent. Uh, with Buda Baker. Talking Cardinals with Howard Balzer. Austin Fort and staff, they've stripped down the roster since the end of last season. They seem to be starting over. Is, is that an accurate assessment by me, and is, is that the right approach? Well, you know, I think certainly whatever, you know, Jonathan Gannon earlier in the offseason was asked about rebuilding, and he says, I cringe at that word. Well, call it what we will, rebuilding, retooling, refurbishing. I, I don't think it's certainly not totally starting over uh, because there are certainly, you know, you know, a certain number of guys that were here that they feel are important to be part of this team. But there's no question that the team that goes, that, that takes the field for week one is going in a lot of different ways is going to be a lot different than the team that took the field last year. But there is a mix there. Now, there's no question uh, that there's a mix of top players. I mean, hey, you still have as we, all the guys we've been talking about, you still have Kyler Murray, you still have James Conner, you still have guys on the offensive line, you still have Zach Ertz presumably coming back. You know, defense maybe not as many guys, but there are still some that, uh, you know, like like David Collins, Jalen Thompson, Butt Baker, you know, Isaiah Simmons, uh, you know, Rashard Lawrence I think is a guy that is important to this team, but he can never stay healthy. But anyway, bottom line is they do have a you know a decent number of guys that are coming back. And so they're trying to mix them all together and, and create a pretty good team. But, you know, there's no question that their, their strategy in the offseason was not to spend big money on guys. Just, that, you know, most of the guys they signed didn't get very much guaranteed money. Nobody signed more than a two-year contract. And just get a, bring a lot of hungry guys in, have cap space for next year, have extra draft picks for next year, and to continue this building uh, – through this year, and what you hope for really is 
that they improve as the season goes on. Who knows if that'll happen, but that's what you're looking to really try to accomplish. And maybe we'll all be surprised. I'm not betting on it, but who knows? Maybe this team will surprise us in terms of what they accomplish. Again, once again, provided that most of the guys they're counting on do stay healthy, which anyone with eyes could see was not the case uh, last season. Okay, last up, is is it too early to ask about training camp battles? No, I, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's early. I don't think it's too early at all. And there are some, you know, pretty good battles. Who will be the center? Uh, who will be the left guard? You know, the, the backup running back to to James Conner. I mean, right now they look to be Keontae Ingram and and Corey Clement. There's been talk maybe they'll bring in you know someone else to that group. They only have five running backs under contract. There's certainly going to be competition at wide receiver. Yes, you have the three guys coming back, but Zach Pascal and as I mentioned earlier, Michael Wilson want you know want to have something to say about that defensive line. Definitely competition. Cornerback, you know, definitely uh, some competition. One hope is that Garrett Williams, the third round pick who didn't do anything during the OTAs and minicamp, will because he had the ACL last season, will be ready. We don't know when he's going to be ready, but yeah, I think there's there's, there's a bunch of battles uh, on this team, and we'll you know we'll see how it all plays out when they re, when they report. Uh, at the end of July at State Farm Stadium. Thanks, Howard. Always appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Sounds good, Bobby. Take care. Howard Balzer covers the Cardinals for phnx.com and does billions of other things, including some off-season writing for Lindy's football annuals and so forth, of which uh, I'm going to go get one tomorrow. That's my plan uh, to my on my list of uh, – items to deal with tomorrow after the show all right next segment phone call time 602 260 1060 and also today's local roundup we'll get to uh, some of the uh, diamondbacks from the uh, weekend against the guardians not too much from yesterday wasn't much to talk about from yesterday but certainly friday and saturday there were some uh, things to definitely discuss no doubt about that Phone call time, as I mentioned, general discussion, 602-260-1060 if you'd like to get in. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on, K- on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KDUS hotline 602-260-1060. If you would like to jump aboard it's general discussion if you want to add on to the cardinals discussion uh, that we had with howard bolzer in the last segment or diamondbacks or whatever else uh the the sons and the uh the bradley beal uh, apparently the acquisition of one bradley beal and uh we'll get to a lot of that in just a couple of seconds here but first up if you want to get in 602-260-1060 all right on to 
uh, the Suns. They're expected to acquire Bradley Beal from the Wizards. I'm just going to go with the Wojo story here at uh, you know, ESPN and pretty much take this information from his story. He was the first, to my knowledge, to report this. Uh, they're finalizing a trade, the Suns, to uh, to uh, you know bring the three-time All-Star uh, from Washington in a package that's expected to include Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second-round picks, and uh, a pick swap. Uh, so that's uh, you know this first uh, paragraph of uh, Woj's story yesterday. The day the the deal, excuse me, it could actually take a few days to be completed. There's all kinds of reasons for that, uh, whether it be salary cap, the draft, etc. But uh, there's lots of stuff involved, uh, which I don't think we have to get terribly that much into in depth, at least for right now. Uh, obviously, they're going to have a top-heavy roster, um, you know, salary-wise and and hopefully talent-wise. You know, Beal and Booker and Duran and DeAndre Ayton, they're all that's four max contract players. That doesn't leave a whole lot of roster flexibility uh, for the rest of the roster. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, like I said, we'll uh, see how that goes. That's about the only way I can put it right now. Uh, The arrival of Beal has a $207 million uh, left in his contract. And it's going to really put the with the new salary cap rules after next season. It's going to be very interesting of how they're going to try to manipulate this. It's going to be interesting before next, before the end of next season, how they do that. If you don't know Beal, he's a scorer. He's averaged 23.2 points per game. He actually had an injury plague season this past year. Played only 50 games, but you know he, he that did not deter him from shooting. He shot a career best 51% from the field in uh, those you know 50 games a year ago. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, they won two out of three over the weekend versus the Guardians. And uh, uh, the further depleted Guardians, unfortunately for them, they're a little different looking team than they were when we even previewed them last Friday. Uh, Let's start with Friday night. Zach Gallen uh, ended the Diamondbacks' uh, first three-game losing streak of the season. he, uh, he he regained some of the lost velocity of, of uh, previous starts, the last couple starts. Seven strikeouts, allowed just one run, six hits, one walk. The Diamondbacks won 5-1. to one. Uh, He had won just one of his previous five starts. However, he's been unbelievable at Chase Field in his last 14 starts going back to last season. Uh, he is 11-1. The Guardians, uh, you know, the, the scheduled starting pitcher is Tristan McKenzie, but he was a late scratch and he was placed on the injured list with an elbow injury. At last word, McKenzie scheduled to go further testing. There has been weekend speculation uh, that uh, Cleveland is bracing for the worst news, which would be Tommy John surgery for McKenzie. On Friday night, McKenzie was replaced by former Diamondbacks first-round pick Tuki Toussaint who has been basically pitching in relief in the Cleveland minor league system. Um, he was you know, you know, predictably ineffective. He wasn't terrible because the Diamondbacks didn't take advantage of the opportunities, but Toussaint officially allowed two runs on three hits, five walks, all that in three and two-thirds innings. And the Diamondbacks uh, surprisingly got two runs with all those base runners. Saturday night, 
the Diamondbacks' bats broke out in the eighth inning, uh, scoring four runs. Um, and uh, the first three of those were off of a uh, you know, Cleveland ace Shane Bieber. Uh, you know, Jake McCarthy, Corbin Carroll, and Luis Gurriel Jr. all delivered home runs in that eighth inning. Uh, the first two were off of Bieber. Also, Arizona starter Tommy Henry miraculously made it through six innings on Saturday night. He allowed two runs on seven hits, two walks, just three strikeouts. He was he, he benefited tremendously, and so did the Diamondbacks, from four sensational defensive plays, two from Josh Rojas at third base, one from Gold Glove first baseman Christian Walker, and another when uh, you know from Jake McCarthy who was playing right field on Friday night. Sunday was obviously bad, really bad, pretty much from the start. Really was from the start. First batter of the game, Nick Ahmed, the usual reliable and former Gold Glove shortstop. He had an error to start the game, and and that just kind of started what would turned out to be an awful start, a second straight awful start from Zach Davies. On Sunday, allowed nine runs on nine hits, one walk, two strikeouts, all that over three and two-thirds innings. So it wasn't good. And the, the restless crowd on Father's Day, 40,000-plus, were uh, – I don't remember them being that upset and vocal and booing and so forth. They've, you know, they're a first-place team. They had a terrible game. I know they filled the house to, to, you know, to some extent, but – I don't think the reaction quite needed to be that nasty, but it was. Tonight, the Diamondbacks begin a three-game series and an interesting seven-game road trip. The first of three games at Milwaukee, the Diamondbacks tonight, scheduled to go with Merrill Kelly, who is 8-3 uh, you know, on the season with a 3.04 run average. Corbin Burns goes for the Brewers. He's had an interesting season, and uh, we'll have much more on the Brewers tomorrow. You know, Burns 5-4 and four with a 344 run average, not close to the numbers or effectiveness of his Cy Young Award season from 2021. Kelly, uh, in his last start versus the Phillies, that was his fourth consecutive quality start. In those last four starts, he's 3-0 and zero with a 225 run average. His opponent's... Over that, uh, the opponent batting average over that time is just 207. He's uh, walked 11 uh, and struck out 30 in those starts. In uh, six starts since May the 15th, extending this even further, Kelly's 5 and 0, the 287 run average, allowing 12 earned runs and 37 and two thirds innings. Opponents are hitting just 191 in those uh, last six starts. 14 walks and 43 strikeouts is an excellent ratio. It's his eighth career start against the Brewers. He's 2-2 two and two with a 3.32 earned run average in those starts. Not really sure how much, you know, whether that means anything. The Brewers roster much different than some of those starts that he had against Milwaukee. And uh, the Brewers roster seems to change, at least offensively, seems to change with the exception of Christian Yelich uh, kind of on a daily basis because of a lot of injuries. So the Diamondbacks after the weekend, 34-29. and 29, uh, you know, they still have a three-and-a-half game lead in the National League West, but it's the San Francisco Giants who are now second after their weekend sweep at Dodger Stadium. The uh, Giants are now 39-32. and 32. The Dodgers, who have been just awful for the last two weeks, they have fallen to 39-33. and 33. Their bullpen continues to get uh, destroyed 
their starting rotation hasn't been particularly good most starts either of late, unless it's a Clayton Kershaw start. Even Tony Gonsolin got torched yesterday. San Diego has actually won three straight series for the first time this season, and they're seven and three in their last ten games. Yet, after all of that, there's still a game under 500. And, of course, Colorado bringing up the rear, which will be the case, I'm sure, for the rest of the season. At 29-45, and 45, the Rockies look like a triple-A team right now. They've, they weren't going to win a lot of games to begin with, but they've been just destroyed by injuries, especially in their starting rotation. And no team, well, I shouldn't say, not many teams. <laughs> not many teams are going to survive that. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program. We'll get to some national roundup. We'll have uh, some from the Major League Baseball scoreboard uh, from, from mostly yesterday and uh, see what else we can jam into the final segment of today's Sports Zone. This is the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. From the MLB scoreboard, the Giants swept their rival, his, uh, rival at Dodger Stadium. Uh, a rare rivalry series sweep on the road for the Giants. They won 7-3 to yesterday against the Dodgers. It's only the sixth time that San Francisco has swept Los Angeles in a three-game series at Dodger Stadium since the two teams both arrived in California in 1958. I wasn't even one year old when the season started in 1958. And it's the first time it's happened since... Uh, August of 2012, so that's how rare that is. Meanwhile, the Padres have won three consecutive games for the first time this season. Manny Machado drove in two runs. Joe Musgrove, six really impressive innings. Fernando Tatis and Aaron Nola, a tremendous defensive uh, play between the two of them to cut down the potential tying run at the plate. I think it was in the eighth inning. As the Padres won yesterday against the uh, MLB leading Tampa Bay Rays. So the Padres win that home series, two out of three. Meanwhile, the Reds have won eight consecutive games. Uh, rookie L.A. De La Cruz and also uh, you know, you know, Jake Fraley both drove in runs in a three-run tenth inning as the Reds won 9-7 over the Astros. Eight straight victory for the Reds. That's the longest active streak in the major leagues and the largest uh, Reds winning streak since they won 10 in a row in July of 2012. I don't remember them winning 20, uh, you know, eight, 10 straight in 2012. 
Uh, they've got all kinds of roster crunch issues with minor leaguers that you know, have just come up, some that maybe should be up. And it's going to be further complicated by the fact that Joey Votto could join the team after he sat out all of this season. He's out been since last, actually he's been out since last August after shoulder and uh, bicep surgery. He's 39. He's just spent a 21 game rehab stint at Louisville, and he put on Instagram yesterday that he's leaving Louisville and on his way up to Cincinnati. Be interesting to see how he quote fits in around major league baseball the dodgers lost more than uh you know three games over the weekend max muncie on the 10-day injured list retroactive to june the 13th with a hamstring strain the mets lost a, a home series to the cardinals pete alonzo though was activated pete alonzo's back came back earlier than anticipated uh not surprisingly or maybe surprisingly uh, he was uh, didn't look like he was ready to go yesterday. Zero for four with three strikeouts and a loss to the Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Yankees might be getting healthier. Carlos Rodon set to being, uh, begin his rehab assignment on Tuesday. He has yet to pitch this season. Meanwhile, Valley product Cody Bellinger's back. He was activated and he's playing first base for the Cubs in uh, two of the last three days. He was out for a month with a left knee contusion. And also on the south side, Liam Hendricks, you know, back on the injured list, as we mentioned last week, without an elbow problem. He received a cortisone shot on Sunday, scheduled to receive. That's the first of several shots he's going to receive. It, it, there's a chance that he's going to be out for several weeks. All right, that's the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Stay tuned. The next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time. And also Bradley Beal around the NBA discussion with Sean Devity of Heavy.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.